my name is David Davis from VMWareVideos.com, and I'm glad to be with uh, Josh Duncan from Zenos. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing today, David? Great, great. And did I say it right? Is it Zenos or Xenos or? Technically Xenos, but uh, we, we get a lot of uh, we get a lot of both. Okay. Okay. What is what does the, the name mean, or where did it come from, or anything? You know it. it uh, the founder of our companies were, were working on a project when they came up with the idea of the company, and, and it really was kind of their, their moment of Zen. And so it was okay. a, you know, their Zen operating system, and, and that that essentially is what morphed into to Xenos. So okay. um, it, uh, it, it definitely was the kind of that 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 aha, that enlightenment moment that uh, I think inspired them with the name. Well, that's a good name. It's a good name. So, <laughs> so you're down in Austin. We are in Austin, which I understand you're familiar with. Uh, uh, you, you, you've been to some of our local favorites, such such as Chewy's. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Chewy's. Um, I'm, I live most of my life in Dallas, Texas, and spent a lot of time uh, down in Austin. It's a beautiful area. Um, recently, I heard about some place called Mighty Fine. Have you heard of that? Mighty Fine. They, they have some very, very good burgers. Uh, it's it, very similar to kind of Rudy's Barbecue, but in a, yeah. in a burgers location. Um, I'd highly recommend trying it when you're down here. They, they have great burgers, great shakes, um, awesome fries. So yeah, wow. it, it's another another uh, another restaurant on the on the tour that we uh, we usually try to hit every once in a while. Okay, yeah, um, Cisco Geek, who was formerly Dell Geek, um, Scott Hansen from Dell, who's now with Cisco. He was talking about it this week on yeah. Twitter, so I'll have to check yeah, that yeah. out. Yeah, it's actually there. There's two of them right between the Dell campuses, so uh, oh, that doesn't surprise me. He's talking about it. They're, they're, they got two <laughs> nice locations there. So, um, but yeah, uh, Austin has some good food. I must say, we moved down here from Chicago, and um, I, I thought I knew what barbecue was, but but now after being in Texas the last couple of years, if it isn't being smoked smoked for at least 18 hours, it, it, it's really not barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, cool, cool. So. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, Xenos. What, how big is the company? What do you What do you guys offer? All right, all right. Well, we're we're a, um, an IT management monitoring company, and so it, it was a project that uh, started through an open source component about five years ago, and has grown from being you know an open source core um, to a complete enterprise offering. So really. What we've been focusing on the last couple of years is managing your your entire data center environment. So our, our our specialty is giving you kind of one view into everything that's going on in your environment, from your servers to your routers to you know your complete network, getting into storage, and then uh, especially the last couple of years, virtualization has become pretty important and cloud computing. And so being able to kind of give you that real time as is view is really what Xenos is focusing on, and um, then letting you drill into the components. So a lot of times when people are talking to us, um, it isn't one team that's calling anymore. It's, it's usually a couple of the teams that are starting to do some complex things and seeing scenarios where um, there's a lot of finger pointing. I'm sure if you've been in IT organizations, you've seen that where it's, oh, it's not my fault. It's It's got to be their fault. And, and trying to reduce that time and, and you know, find problems before they actually impact customers or, or end users. Cool, cool. So it. I mean, I was introduced to Xenos through, you know, the world of VMware and virtualization, but um, as I understand it, Xenos, it does a lot more than just monitoring virtual infrastructures, yeah, right? Yeah. It That's does exactly monitor right. physical, physical servers and Cisco routers yep. and so. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go, I mean, with the, the core part of Xenos is, is this agentless philosophy, um, and I think that, 
that was a decision that was made you know, several years ago that now is, is, at least I would argue, kind of critical because as you move into uh, dynamic scenarios where you're bringing on resources, you're doing dynamic you know, resource allocation, being able to rapidly spin up services and then being able to monitor them and manage them, whether they're, they are virtual or physical devices such as routers and uh, other hardware-type infrastructures, that, that's really where we've, we've had an advantage as of late. Um, with, with VMware, we go right to their XML API with uh, other devices such as Cisco routers, we'll go SSH, WMI, whatever that native protocol is. And um, uh, if it's you know, something legacy, we'll find a way to custom and, and write it just so we can get to it without trying to put another layer um, layer in the way of, of what you're trying to read. Okay. I think that's really important in, you know, monitoring is that it's an end-to-end -end solution. So, you know, there's so many solutions yeah. out there that they just monitor the virtual infrastructure, but they don't you know, talk to the SAN and they don't talk to the routers and, you know, so, yeah. <clears throat> and, and with that you can end up with, you know, finger pointing because you don't really have the complete picture. So. That's exactly right. I mean, especially with storage and memory, and those are two of the, the big issues that we hear when we're talking with, uh, you know, virtual admins. We want to make sure they get some visibility, and especially in the storage world, um, there is, at least in the past, been some degree of, 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 of a black box there. We want to be able to start giving you some insights and some visibility that, that you know, here's what's going on, and, and here's where it's functioning well, and here's where, you know, you should start being aware of this. It's starting to go red. It's starting to go um, to a point where you're going to want to, you know, fix something and get the right people engaged before it starts impacting, you know, uh, what you're currently operating and working on. Yeah, so so does uh, Xenos, does it operate as a virtual appliance? Like, can you import a virtual appliance? Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay. Yep, so we have a couple different installs. We can do a virtual appliance. We actually have a, a VM package that we've made to be deployed in a vCloud. And then depending on the size and scale, that's where it really gets into, like with any solution, you know, how big you're going. If you're, if you're, you know, um, if you're going to cloud-sized infrastructures where you have hundreds of thousands of devices, we have a couple different uh, federated-type architectures that can really scale to that, that, type of a, that type of system. Wow, wow. That's cool. So... I mean, we, you mentioned the word, the, the dreaded cloud word. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, so can Xenos monitor, um, you know, if you had sort of a hybrid cloud model? Yeah, so we at VMworld this year in, in California, we were one of the first uh, vendors to announce support for vCloud. So um, we're, we're seeing them definitely as one of the leaders in that hybrid space. And um, and then and, you know, thanks to you helping to, to show some of our demos out there, really appreciate that. Um, Giving you that visual look into what's going inside, what's going on inside your cloud. So um, VMware has done an awesome job of building these accessible APIs, um, and we were able to, you know, through our model, go in there, pull back all that information, and you know, similar to what we're talking about here, we'll let you see what's going on with your virtual data centers, your virtual apps, but then keep going and actually get down to the application level and, and, and see what's 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 happening and you know, what you want to continue to do and what you want to stop doing. Cool. So. Can it tell you about application latency, like what the end users are really experiencing? Yeah, yeah. and that, that's a big one, right? So yeah. I mean, you, 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 as an operator, um, you dread that call. Everything's green on your screen. You're not seeing anything, but the calls start coming in saying that, well, the app is slow. And uh, there's a couple of different um, uh, tools that we can use to try to try to track that down. And again, 
I think the main idea in monitoring uh, and management that you really want to operate to is you know, stopping and preventing the customers from calling. So you want to, you want to fix uh, any type of service impact before it gets to a point where you're receiving those tickets and receiving those calls. And it, um, when you start moving into dynamic infrastructure, that, that's hard to do. I mean, that's that's a lot more complicated than what it used to be with your standard, you know, multi-tiered static physical architectures. So, but uh, let, let me turn the question here around for you. Uh, you you've been, um, uh, I'd almost say everywhere this last year with VMware and, and, and you know, the big vCloud announcements. So uh, w what are your thoughts on uh, the, the cloud and the direction that we're going here for 2011? Uh, I mean, I think it's really exciting. You know, vCloud Director is, is certainly a cool product, um, but I think, you know, it's at version 1.0 right now. and. You know, it's really just kind of scratching the, the tip of the iceberg here, and it's going to be, you know, I think an amazing ride to see how all this, you know, sort of works out and, you know, maybe eventually, you know, one day plateaus and, and we'll have to see where that plateau, you know, really is. So, um, you know, I, I worked as a um, and as, as an IT manager at a medium-sized family-owned company, you know, we're moving yeah. this tight and... So I tend to look at things a lot of times from, you know, the, the complexity and the cost and, you know, how can those be reduced for just the average IT admin? You know, I just want something that's simple and easy and uh, isn't going to – I'm not going to have to go to the owner and, and beg for a bunch of money. And um, so yeah. like some of the blog posts I wrote on, um, on uh, VMware's vCloud blog, that was, you know, something I talked about. And something I want to write more about is, you know, how can the – you know, as we move from the CapEx to the OpEx model, you know, as they say, how can we right, right. Re reduce the cost and just make IT as an affordable thing? Um, you know, one of the ideas I had, I was at the mall recently, Christmas shopping, and there's all those Rosetta Stone kiosks where they're selling, you know, you the little box, you can learn the foreign language. Um, and I thought, you know, why aren't they selling just little thin client devices and you take it home and just plug it into the cloud and you know, access your your desktop and all your apps and all your your data and you know everything like that. Right, um, right. You know, I kind of see something like that in, in the future, where um, if they could make this sort of killer OS with all these killer apps that people really want, because you know people don't want the cloud. I mean that that doesn't mean a lot to people. You know, Microsoft's kind of trying to give you some visualization of what that is in their commercials. Um, well, it, it's photo editing, right? Yeah, that, that's what the cloud is, yeah, photo yeah, editing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All know, those family pictures are, are, are safe going forward thanks to the cloud. That's right. People don't want, you know, VDI. They don't know what VDI is, really. They don't want a yeah, thin yeah. client device. You know, they just want something that works. And, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of what the iPhone it has made the iPhone and the iPad so popular is it just it's kind of easy it just works you know for most people it's easily understandable yeah so hopefully someone can do that with the cloud <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I, I don't disagree and I think you know from my background I've been in similar situations at smaller companies I was also an IT um, architect at Bank of America and this is this is you know, back in 2007 when virtualization was just starting to pick up steam but that concept you remember do you remember grid computing? Yeah, yeah. So grid, grid computing, you know, to the grid. I think that was uh, <laughs> IBM's um, uh, yeah. tagline at the time. We're going to plug you all in. And I, I think for me, the most interesting part is that you know, we've kind of been talking about this model now for a long time. Um, and then to the point where I, I know there's a lot of um, almost cloud I don't know how you put it, but definitely Microsoft's driving us there. Uh, we need almost a new term, right, because we're, right. we're – 
the, the, this one is getting so used and so overused. Um, that being said, it definitely seems like with vCloud and you know, some of the other initiatives going on, that this might be the year where you start seeing more and more of you know, big case studies and you know, big success stories and then more people kind of figuring out how to do, um, do some cool things. Yeah, yeah. Well, recently I got like um, a demo account over at um, Terramark's vCloud Express. Yep. Um, I've also tried out the SkyTap Cloud, um, yep. and I've been impressed with you know some of the ways they've they've really made it um, easy you know to do stuff like having a library of virtual machines that are already the pre-built OS, pre-built applications, even like teams of virtual machines or whatever you want to call them, V apps that you can just import this group of virtual machines. You know, so you know, conceivably, you could have something that's very complex to install, like SAP or Exchange or something, yeah, yeah, you know, up and yeah. running in a few clicks. Um, it, it's stuff like that, I think, that makes it, you know, um, realistic uh, here yeah. in, in the future for the average, you know, kind of IT admin. I think your analogy of the iPhone is perfect. I mean, when, when, when you have to get down and, you know, manually, manually put these blocks together and make them work, um, it, that's difficult, and it's going to put some resistance, some a lot of friction in the system. But when it's just a real smooth little interface, and you're dragging and moving things around, and a lot of that complexity has been, you know, it's abstracted, and it's working, it just works behind the scene. I think that's that's where we're heading, and that's where it did, you know. I think we're going to see more of that. And I think one of one of my favorite books from last year on this topic was uh, the Forrester's Empowered book. I don't know if you you read that one yet. Um, thanks to Amazon, I, I can lend it to you for 14 days. Um, oh, cool. It's kind of a cool little feature of Amazon um, cool. just announced. But um, they, they talk a lot about this in small businesses and medium businesses um, being empowered by you know, some of these new emerging technologies, and cloud is one of them. And I think it, it, a lot of it is coming back to um, the speed and the agility factor of, you know, you don't have to call people to, to plug things in for you and set up, you know, individual boxes. And it, it, that experimentation factor of being able to turn something on, figure out if it works. And if it doesn't work, well, it's a lot less of an investment than it used to be. And it wasn't, um, I'm sure you can remember the day where, hey, just getting a test server set up could take weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, heaven forbid, I mean, getting something in production could take a year just from getting the, the, the right parts ordered, the right spots in the data center, the right, you know, guys to come in and plug all the cables. Um, you know, I think that speed element uh, was a real critical point they were making in the book that, that, that is, you can see that, right? I mean, look how fast, um, even in the startup world, some of these companies are coming online and thanks to you know, Amazon and their cloud services moving fast, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, one of the sales um, points that one of these cloud companies gave me as to why, you know, the, the typical customer moves to their cloud was they don't have to wait for IT. They don't have to wait for a CapEx. Yeah. They don't have to yeah. order a test yeah. server. They don't even have to tell IT, oh, hey, we just, you know, brought up 10 new yeah. servers on the cloud and I put it on my American Express card, you know. As a former IT admin, I was a little offended by, like, hey, wait, what's wrong with IT? You need to go through IT, you know. But uh, It's going to present some very interesting challenges for IT going forward, and I think that, that was and one of the points of the book was finding a way to be an enabler, finding a way to empower your company um, versus being, I mean, and in fact, that was also part of one of my roles in the past was being the guy that said, no, you know, you can't right. do this. You know, it, it was, you know. But basically encouraged to say no to as much as possible because that was reducing complexity, right? And the more things you could stop, the less complex. So um, I think that that attitude 
you know, it, it doesn't work anymore because they will go outside and charge it up on their credit card and before you know it have hundreds of servers running elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it really ups the bar for the average IT admin to, yeah. um, you know, like um, uh, Mike DiPetrio over at uh, VMware, he's one of their, their cloud sort of evangelists. He had a presentation yeah. where he talked about, you know, no longer can you just be the SAN admin or the network admin or the OS yeah. admin. You know, you really have to be the infrastructure admin who who kind of understands it all and can can put it all together. So I think it really ups the bar for, you know, IT people to to get smart about this kind of stuff and really think about the needs of the business and how they can empower the business to, to make money, you know, and not just be a cost center. That's exactly right. And um, I, I, just like anything, I, we, we, we jumped to kind of the, the fun new topic of cloud and, and still haven't kind of talked about some of the things that are more the, the bread and butter. So uh, uh, jumping back to virtualization, and, you know, one of the questions I had for you there is that uh, we continually see the stats that you know, virtualization is huge. I mean, you know, the Gartner Summit had a lot of data coming out of it about the impact of virtualization and its driving force going forward. But then you see other stats saying that a lot of organizations are still, you know, you know, a third or less virtualized, and they're still not, you know, not getting to those critical apps. I guess on your end, what are you seeing? You know, what is your theory on why that is? Why they're not getting that that full virtualized environments yet? Uh, I mean, I think it, for the most part, it probably comes back to just that you know, change is painful, and and people don't have time to to make that change, and they don't have time to learn something new. You know, they're they come in, they do their job, and you know they go home. And I think you know in many organizations, if if the typical IT admin you know doesn't have the time, or he's just not the type of person who's you know empowered or doesn't come up with new ideas on his own, it really has to come down from the top and say you know virtualization's um, just a, a must-have for the company. It's going to save us money. It's going to make us more flexible and agile. And you know you have to put it in. Um, mm -hmm. You know uh, at and the ad. Andy Mann, uh, who works for CIA, um, he one of his presentations at VMworld um, over in Copenhagen was on um, the you know the underutilization of virtualization and and just what you were talking about there how you know most companies still haven't moved their their tier run applications and um, there's even a great book I, I have I need to to crack the cover on it um, on virtualizing Microsoft tier one applications you know. It's a yeah. big, thick book on how to do it, case studies, step by step, yeah. and you know. So I think the information's out there. So many companies have done it. It's just, it's just kind of that last push to get the, the companies that don't want to change to, to make the right decision. That's my yeah. sense. What yeah, do you think? I, I, no, no, I think you're. I think that never underestimate that organizational dynamic, right? So I, I do think there's a lot of. There's a lot of resistance there, and I think that that business executive um, who owns and makes those final decisions just, you know, nervousness and you know resistance to change. I think that's um, that, that's definitely got to be one of the main ones. Um, you know, I, I think on our end we're looking at you know some of the potential of. Um, the resource on demand, the dynamic capabilities, and, and you know, we use it internally in house. You know, um, and we're 100 or not 100 percent, but close to 100 percent virtualized. And so I think it it is somewhat of a mindset thing, but it does seem like even there, there's still challenges and resistance to kind of is it is it is it letting go, letting go of control, and letting you know, the the system try to make decisions that people are having trouble with, or is it um, is it something else? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, with virtualization. Fortunately, it's to me it's one of the easier decisions 
um, to make, just in my opinion, compared to other things. Like if you look at voice over IP, you know, you, you take a company that has 200 sites and, you know, to oh, convert yeah. from legacy PBXs to voice over IP PBXs is a tremendous capital, you know, in, in, uh, infrastructure investment and retraining and, you know, all these things. And that equipment could be outdated in, you know, a few years. Whereas virtualization, you know, once you consolidate, you know, it's just a, you get immediate, you know, return on investment, and it's it's just a smart move. So tell me, what's what's coming up? What's new at Xenos, and or for you personally in 2011? Uh -huh. uh, what's going on? Um, I mean, the big news for us at Xenos was that um, we uh, were selected or you know, basically awarded a, a spot in uh, Gartner's Magic Quadrant at the end of 2010. So that's pretty big news for us, and the event correlations, we were uh, named a, a visionary. So that was a, a kind of a nice way to end the year. And uh, now we're, we're in planning mode. We're getting ready uh, to kind of finalize, you know, where we're going to be, what events we're going to do, and you know, all the all the fun product planning that's going on for 2011. So there's a VMware Partner Summit coming up here in February we're going to be at, and then obviously VMworld. Uh, we're, we're having the debate about whether or not to go, uh, I think it's a Barcelona this year. Is that right? Or wait, oh, really? is I, it, uh, I, I guess the European one is at um, London. I can't remember. We're, we're having that debate, but we're definitely going to be in Vegas for, for, for that VM world and uh, a couple other events we're still working on. But uh, we're, uh, we're we're pretty excited about 2011. It's looking like it's going to be a, a fun year. So uh, how about yourself? Uh, I believe you ended 2010 on a big note too, or is it right at the beginning of the year? Yeah, well, the end of 2010 was you know super busy. I went to VM world in San Francisco and then in Copenhagen. Um, and it just seemed like a whirlwind of things one after the other. And then right at the start of, you know, 2011, um, here just this week, in fact, um, I announced my new vSphere troubleshooting course, which is part of a uh, larger upcoming VMware VCAP VCA package. Uh, but the, the response to the troubleshooting course has been, you know, really, really overwhelming so far. Um, lots of great blog posts about it and lots of talk about it on Twitter. So I've, I've been real flattered by that. Um, and I think it's, you know, even if you're not studying for a VMware uh, certification exam, it's just a good resource for anyone who wants to learn troubleshooting and kind of take their, their VMware yeah, yeah, yeah. skills, you know, to the next level. So next I'll be working on a performance uh, tuning course for uh -huh. uh, VMware vSphere. Um, uh, that one sounds great. We're very much looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah, good. So, um, and then personally, I'll be going to the VMware Partner Exchange in February in Orlando. I'm excited about that. It's, you know, a much smaller show than VMworld, and you get to spend a lot more time talking to people, and hopefully I'll get to go to some sessions and um, some labs, uh, something I didn't really have time to do at, at the VMworld shows. So that'll right, be fun. And then, and then VMworld, you know, all over again towards the end of the year. I, I hope to go to VMworld Europe this year. You know, I don't care whether, where it is, really, Barcelona or or uh, London, either one would be awesome. I haven't been to either one, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping it's Barcelona, because I'd, I'd also like to make that case, too. Uh, I think that'd be fun, and I'll, I'll be in Orlando, too, in February, so we'll have to meet up face-to-face -face here. Awesome, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So uh, before we end, I've got one more thing I want to add. Um, Josh and Xenos have been uh, generous enough to offer uh, up some prizes for my blog, vmwarevideos.com, so... I've got here a number of uh, Xenos hats. I've got three hats. Uh, I've got two uh, T-shirts um, in different sizes here. And then I've got one of the famous uh, Zenny the Zebras. So uh, <laughs> the grand prize winner, you know, might get that. Um, and the contest on my blog is uh, anyone who subscribes to my newsletter 
in February um, will be entered to win uh, one or, or maybe even all of these fabulous prizes. Um, and I really appreciate, you know, Josh and uh, Zenos offering these up. Um, I'll post uh, information uh, to, the, to the link for uh, how to subscribe uh, to the email newsletter, and then I'll end up uh, announcing that at the end of February. So, uh, very cool. Yeah. So I appreciate you spending some time with me talking about, you know, cloud computing, talking about uh, virtual infrastructure management, performance, and talking about Xenos and talking about uh, good food down in Austin. So uh, I miss that, and uh, and uh, hope to meet well, you real soon in February. That sounds good, Dave. Thanks a lot for your time. I really appreciate it, and I hope to talk more soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Josh. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching this episode of VChat, the latest in virtualization and cloud computing news and how-to. Eric, Simon, and David want your feedback, so send questions or ideas for future VChat topics to vchat at trainsignal.com.